Hey everyone, welcome to the No Like Trust podcast for real estate. Today's episode is about a topic that frankly, we don't talk enough about and that's agents retiring profitably. My guest today is Nancy Robinson. Nancy launched her career in real estate with Coldwell Banker Realty as a sales associate in 2003 and advanced through the years to regional vice president. She then joined Corcoran Global Living as the chief growth officer and president of Northern California. Today, she's the VP of sales and agent development with Christie's International Real Estate Sereno in Northern California. Nancy is super passionate about agents planning for and transitioning into retirement profitably. If you're a real estate agent or a broker owner who supports real estate agents, keep listening because in this episode, she shares very actionable steps to ensure that agents are financially secure when they retire. Please help me welcome Nancy to the podcast. Nancy, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Um, okay, so let's dig right in. I want to just kind of give our listeners sort of some context for your real estate story. Tell us how you got into real estate, what you're doing now. Start from wherever you want to start. That's so funny because yesterday I was talking to an agent who's joining our firm about how she was she decided she wanted to be a realtor when she was eight years old. And I have never met another person besides myself, obviously, that has wanted to be a realtor since they were eight years old. Wow. And my story is two-part, and I'll make it very brief. I went to a Girl Scout um, career day, and I really resonated with the realtor at eight, right? And then we went on a big camping trip, and my dad uh, had this friend who had retired from aerospace engineering named Jerry Lancelotti, who lived up on the Oregon coast. And I'm in California. And so it was a big camping trip, right? And Jerry had retired really early and was a realtor. And he had sold, so this is like the late 70s. He had (laughs) sold a million dollars worth of real estate. And in my little eight-year-old brain, that meant Jerry made a million dollars. And so at eight years old, I made the grand proclamation that I was going to be a realtor, which my parents, he, he, he thought that was so cute and funny because what eight-year-old wants to be a realtor, right? Yeah. Uh, but I have from a very early age had this, this passion of like, this is what I'm going to do. Now I went into the corporate high-tech world. So I didn't start out of college in a career in real estate, but I did, um, in my very early 30s when I started to have a family and wanted to jump in. Um, I sold for eight years as an agent. Um, I was a successful agent. And then um, I got the itch to be in leadership. And uh, so I started at the branch level, managing various branches for my brokerage, and then rose up to be a regional vice president for a big company um, that uh, one of the largest regions in the United States. I was with Coldwell Banker. And then I left there and I'm actually now with Christie's International Real Estate Sereno uh, as vice president of sales. So I actually oversee about 650 agents in central and northern California. And we are part of the ownership entity of Christie's International. So um, that is my journey. I I mentor uh, agents. I support agent development is my big passion. Um, and I love other things like I have a wellness initiative in my brokerage and do things like that. So 
that is my journey, but I'm also married to a realtor. So, oh, that's right. Yes. So uh, my husband took over my business when I uh, went into leadership. So I love that. I forgot. I had forgotten that your husband took over your business, which I think is, is brilliant. And it's a great segue sort of to what we're going to talk about today, which is um, agent profitability. And I feel like you're just in the perfect spot for it. You know, you're in agent development. You've seen sort of the gamut of of agents across the board who may be successful, but don't necessarily know how to save for retirement, um, don't know how to transition their business. Like, so I know this is a passion point for you. So we're going to sort of dig into this. So there, um, I did pull some stats from National Association of Realtors and the average age of a realtor according to NAR is 57. Yeah. Um, which kind of puts us in that range, which is makes me <laughs> weird, feel weird. Um, more than 65% of those are over age of realtors are over age 50. So not only is the average age high, but most of the 1.5 million agents in the country are actually over 50. And so sort of begs the question, like, what does the next 10, 15, 20 years look like for these agents? And how can they ensure that when it's time for them to hang up their hat, like, do they have enough money to retire? Can they sell their business? So what happens to an agent's book of business when they decide to retire? Let's start there. Well, and and to, to to hit on your point as well, a lot of agents start hitting their stride, right, in their latter years, right? They build, 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 work, 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 and then all of a sudden they're really hitting their stride. And I think one of the problems happens is where agents don't feel like they can get out because they built this business for so long. They've been on this treadmill for so long, but they're getting tired or they have a health crisis or something happens, but they don't know how to get off the treadmill because it's like, well, how do I walk away from all this hard work that I built for so long? And it has become a big passion of mine because I, well, first off, this is a, an industry that celebrates age. So it's a great second career for people to dive in, right? It is, uh, you know, I live in the Silicon Valley. We have a saying called the beached white male, right? Where you're, (laughs) you're over 50 and in tech and you get laid off, you're in a tough spot, right? This is a great second career for those people. But as such, this is why we see the longevity or people working well into their latter years where most of their, you know, their people, their friends are retiring and yet they can't. And either they can't because of financial or they can't because of um, just they are, cannot stomach or know how to walk away and still create a stream of revenue for themselves. So I think to your point, the first point is um, how do agents save? And Mm -hmm. there are some great programs out there with different companies. Um, uh, AXA Advisors is one of them that do have the ability to have SEP IRAs where there's an auto pull from commissions. And I think when Agents make things automatic, right? Yeah. That's when you will succeed. When when you get that whole gross uh, check, right? And you need to pay taxes, you need to pay uh, your marketing expenses, you need to save for retirement. 
that unfortunately gets pushed to the side, right? And so, but if agents make that automatic, that's when, and at a very young age, when they start out making it automatic um, from the very beginning, that's where they will obviously compound the investment. Um, Okay. So I have a question about that. So you're talking about an auto deduction to, Mm -hmm. you called it a SEP IRA. Yeah. Um, So I'm not sure a lot of agents even know what that is. Can you explain what that is? Sure. Sure. So a SEP IRA is an IRA that's specifically designed for the self-employed. Okay. And so it, you can set it up with any uh, investment advisor will set up SEP IRAs, banks will set up SEP IRAs, but it's one that's specifically designed where you are contributing. And the benefit of that, obviously, and I'm not a CPA, is that you can use that um, from a tax perspective, right? That they will allow you to do that pre-earnings and deduct the amount that you contributed to your SEP. Okay. So that's kind of first and foremost for people to be thinking about for sure in the planning piece. But the second piece of planning that I think is so important um, is having an exit strategy out of your business. And what does that look like? And I think what happens is a lot of agents build and build and build, and then something happens. They have declining health, they have declining tech capacity, they have declining industry knowledge or declining. Uh, community relevance, right? They're sort of, they die on the vine, right? And that creates declining value in that book of business, to be honest. And and agents almost wait too long to get to that point because they don't know what to do with it, right? Um, Or heaven forbid, they pass away, right? And then it's, it's gone. And so some of the things that I like to mentor and coach agents on is to develop an exit strategy. What is this going to look like? But in order to develop an exit strategy, you have to have some key components going on in your business. And the first and foremost thing is you have to be running your business like a business. And I think, unfortunately, I see a lot of agents who don't, right? They go out, it's unpredictable. They're just sort of willy-nilly out there doing the business, whatever comes to them. Um, so I think the first and foremost thing is to be knowing your numbers, right? (laughs) What is your gross commission annually and track it? Where has it been? Where have you been? Where are you now? And there's ebbs and flows. There's ups and downs. That's normal, but you need to at least know, right? I mean, I'll talk to agents who are like, I don't really know how many deals I've done this year, right? Could you imagine a small business owner saying that about the, well, I don't really know what the revenue's been, right? That's where we get into trouble as agents. Hey everyone, do you ever feel like you're juggling too many balls like kids, clients, marketing, and maybe even your own well-being? What if I told you the key to balancing it all comes down to your daily habits? Your success isn't solely about transactions or mastering the market. It's also about cultivating a life you love. And that all starts with your daily ritual. If you're finally ready to take back control of your time, then do yourself a favor and go to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to get your free and instant access 
access to our daily ritual. We created this resource to make sure you have the roadmap to transform your entire lifestyle, both business and well-being. So head on over to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to download your daily ritual. After you download it, implement it for 30 days and then come back and let me know how it's changed your life and your business. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. The second thing is detailing your expenses, right? Understanding where you're spending money, understanding where your business is coming from, right? Is your business 80% of it coming by way of your sphere of influence? Are you, do you farm? Okay, I farm. Uh, What percentage of transactions in your farm are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. Is your is your farm of value to you? Or are you just sort of throwing things out there and seeing what sticks? Is that working for you? Uh, do you buy online leads? Are you buying leads from Zillow? Totally acceptable way, hard treadmill to get off of because, yes. right, you have to continue that spend and sometimes up that spend to get the same results. So what results are you getting from that? And so really looking at net profit. Yeah. Right. What is my net profit from this business? And that will help you figure out, do I have a business that's saleable? Right. And there's a lot of controversy around saleable businesses because, um, number one, it this is a relationship business, right? So if I have a relationship with you, Christine, and then all of a sudden I sell my business to someone else, that person may not resonate with you. So there's sort of attrition or fallout from that. I saw that in my own situation with my husband, right? He and I are different personalities. Not all of my people are his people. Not all of his people are me, right? So it's really um, understanding, um, do I have a saleable asset here? Do I have consistent business um, that I can then quantify? Before we get into the um, the saleability outside of the numbers, I have a question about the numbers. Um, yeah. So what is, from a numbers perspective, what is considered saleable? Well, I think it's going to depend on your market, right? It's going to depend on your market. It's going to depend on a lot of other factors as well. Number one, like I talked about, do you have a sphere, a database that you um, that is mature, right? Are you consistently marketing to them? And then what percentage is coming out of that? Okay. What percentage of those people? If you have 200 people in your database uh, and you have 10 that are transacting on an annual basis, okay, that's a healthy database. Okay. So it's really looking at it from those, but it really depends on a market because here's the reality of it. You could have the biggest producer in an office and behind the scenes, they are a hot mess, Mm -hmm. right? They don't have their database mature. And I'll get into what I mean by that. They don't have consistency in marketing. They don't, there are big, big agents out there filing for bankruptcy because Mm -hmm. they might be getting over their skis and spending more money than they're earning today. So it's really looking at to have a saleable business is really looking at the overall health. Okay. Right? And who determines that? Like, so what would be the next step? So let's say I'm an agent. I've done all the, the right things from the very beginning. I've 
you know, been financially planning and saving through an IRA. I am consistent with my marketing. I have a mature database. I'm now 15 years in, but I've been an individual agent. I'm getting ready to, I'm 55 years old. I want to, I'm looking out to like 62. So I have eight years. Now I really want to focus on my exit strategy. Like how... How, what's the next step? Like you talked about your husband and how you brought mm-hmm. him in and, and in a relationship business, you know, you're going to attract different people. How do I, as an agent now, knowing I have a healthy business, start the transition? So I think there's the, the key things is number one, your database health is to really look and say, okay, where's my database at? Second thing is the consistency in marketing, Right. Um, what am I doing from a budget perspective? So knowing the financials around my marketing is very important as well as having a plan in marketing. Like I consistently send, you know, and touch my sphere twice a month. This is what I do. These are the things. So having a plan. Um, I talked about the statistical analysis, knowing where that business is coming from, right? And, And all of this goes into having processes. Right. I have a process for my database, for updating it, for um, reaching out to it. I have a process for farming. This is what it looks like. I have a process for everything. Right. I have a buyer process. I have a seller process. It's and then being able to scale that and replicate it. Right. The next piece of this is really potentially going and having the guidance of a coach. And that could be Mm. your managing broker. That could be someone in the industry um, where you get into like a Tom Ferry coaching program or a Brian Buffini or a Ninja, right? Those programs will help you with this, but it's having an outside third party Mm -hmm. interested or disinterested, right? Being able to step in and give you some guidance there. Because what I see sometimes when people are transitioning their businesses is they're like, oh my gosh, I really like Susie in my office. She's awesome. She does my open houses and she's great. But Susie may not be similar in style, personality, follow through, detail, right? Susie might be really fun to go have a lunch with, but she's really not the right person to take over your business, right? And so you need to find that person. And so, you know, people will say, well, especially when they're at this point and you're hitting the nail on the head, uh, Christine, because you're looking and saying, okay, I have eight years. What's this going to look like in eight years? I want to be out in eight years, And really, that's a good time to start thinking about it and making sure all your systems and processes are in place. But then it's also finding alliances. So I call them alliances. I don't call it building a team. You can build a team, but some people aren't designed to be a team in their personality, right? And so you want to uh, build alliances. And what what I mean by an alliance is I want to go on a vacation. And not answer my phone. So I'm going to find someone where I can say, hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. That's a big vacation in realtor terms. Yes. Will you uh, watch my business? And I have this escrow and this escrow. I have this, you know, coming. Can you just watch this? And then I will pay you X, Y, Z, right? 
And when you have an alliance, you get to see how people work. So the first step is to start with something like, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to ask, you know, Debbie, Robin, I'm going to use Robin as an example, because that's actually someone before my husband took over my book before that, when I went into leadership, I had someone named Robin who became my alliance partner, right? Where, and then I got to see how Robin worked, right? And here's the key is you need to to work on finding a person that has similar style to you, right? Um, They are, and that could be similar in personality, but there's a, you can have different personalities, but give the same level of care, right? So it's one of these things where escrow closes and, or escrow is about to close that day. And there's, you know, uh, dog poop on the side yard that nobody wants to take. <laughs> and we're all at a stand. Well, my personality would be to go and shovel it and get rid of the dog poop and call it a day and just do that to get it done. Yep. Finding somebody that is similar to that, not the that's above my pay grade. And right. You have to have that similar reaction in those situations. That's what makes a good alliance partner. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I used a dog poop analogy, but that is truly, that literally happened. Right. And so that's the realities of our business. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. A quick story. If you're in real estate and feeling overwhelmed about staying in touch with your SOI without breaking the bank, we have the solution for you. Introducing Clicks to Closings, our exclusive digital course designed for real estate professionals like you. We understand the struggle of needing a system to connect with your SOI while keeping costs in check. That's why we created this game-changing course. For just a one-time investment of $99, you'll gain lifetime access to Clicks to Closings. It's your comprehensive guide to building targeted email lists, crafting irresistible subject lines, and supercharging your email marketing efforts. Don't miss out on this opportunity to level up your real estate game without breaking the bank. Visit postandbeamcreative.com slash clicks to closings to learn more and sign up today. Uh, One of the very, very top agents in Olive Coldwell Banker, on his desk in his office, he had a picture and it was him and he was wearing... um, women's clothes, like a yoga outfit. And he's kind of coming out like from a hole. (laughs) Okay. And this is on his desk. And I, and I said, I'm like, there's gotta be a story to this picture. And keep in mind, he's one of the, if not the top agents of that entire company at any given year. So he's big. And he said, he said, well, we were um, at a final walkthrough and there we had negotiated a repair and the repair was The plumbing like was leaking under a particular bathroom. And so the buyer would not sign off on the walkthrough and therefore wouldn't close until it was actually verified. And nobody wanted to crawl the house and verify it. And so everybody's sitting there at a standstill. And by the way, this is a multi, multi multi-million dollar house. And so his wife had left her yoga bag in his car. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going for it. So he went on and put her whole outfit on because he didn't want to get his clothes, his clothes dirty. And he crawled under the house and took pictures of this repaired leak and came out. And they all thought this was hilariously funny because this guy is a huge agent. And so they took pictures as he was coming out the crawl space and he put it and framed it on his desk as a reminder 
that there is no job beneath you, that you do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get across the finish line and to yeah. support your not only your client, but the whole transaction, right? Yeah. And so that's my point is finding somebody who shares those values with you. It, um, it's work ethic, finding somebody who has the same work ethic. Um, it's also finding someone that has similar understanding financially and is uh, understands and accepts like, okay, this is what I spend on marketing, right? They have a similar value to, to marketing, right? Because that can sometimes run the gamut Huge. as well, yep. right? So you need to find somebody who is um, understands that, wants to make those investments and is comfortable with that spend, right? Um, The coach is where this comes in to help, right? Because coaches can give you guidance on these things. Sometimes it's like dating. You're so giddy and excited that, oh my God, this is going to be great, that you overlook the flaws, right? Yes. And then the other piece of this is to make sure that there's a contract in writing. And that goes back to even the I'm going to take off for two weeks. Can you cover and being very explicit in what that means, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, this deal, I'm going to give you 10% of and here are the things left in the transaction. Whatever the case may be, is having a really, really clear uh, contract in writing of what that coverage looks like. But the same goes for anything here with transitioning a business is that it's in writing, right? Um, and so that's incredibly, incredibly important. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm taking copious notes here. I, I think like when I think about everything that you just said, the the biggest piece um, is to plan. Like when you get into this yeah. business, uh, whether you're 25 or 35 or 50, think about sort of the end game. And think about your end goal, right? You're going, and like you said, treat it like a business. You're going to put these things in place. So I heard you say, um, you know, auto deduct immediately, Mm -hmm. set up that IRA, um, know your numbers, make Mm -hmm. sure your marketing is consistent. And so knowing Mm -hmm. your numbers means putting a business plan in place every single year. Every single year. No fail. Yes. Yes. And then getting a coach. Um, and forming alliances and every, always have everything in, in writing. I have seen so many agents get burned because they have not put these things in writing with other agents. Um, and it just, it creates such ill will. So that's like super, super important. Um, I love, this is like, so up my alley, Nancy, like I (laughs) just love this stuff because I just think it's so important. And I think so many real estate professionals are, they're just, you know, they're trying, this is the thing, like they're trying to do everything and it's so hard to do everything and be good at everything. So this is like the last thing that they think about, Yeah, but it's so important because I feel like so many leave money on the table when they leave the business. Like you said, they're not prepared or they retire and they don't have anything to show for it. So, you know, you've been at this for a long time what kind of results have you seen when you've coached agents in their transition? So it's funny because we have an agent right now who, um, very, very big producer who basically said, I'm done. Right. I mean, some of these last few years have been very, very intense for some agents, not every agent, but for some agents, it's been their best, biggest, craziest years ever. 
and, and especially 21, right? And so there are those, I feel like the bigs got bigger, right? And they were on this treadmill of, oh my gosh, well, this agent, very, very big, not that old either, um, older than me, but not that old. <laughs> yeah. He he basically said, I, I'm I'm just so burnt out. And he was at a point where he had done a good job of saving. He had, he could get out if he really wanted to. Would it slightly alter his lifestyle? Sure, but he could. And that's what I'm seeing happening right now, Christine, is a lot of agents are like, I am out. Like I'm tired, especially with what's happening. Um, just politically in our industry, there are agents who are like, I don't want to have to implement X. So I'm going to, I'm just tired. I want to get out. And so that's where you're, you see, you know, we don't have a good job of retiring agents, right? It's a Brian Buffini makes a real, has a really funny little standup where he talks about like, you throw the, you know, you're, we're in prison and we like, you know, throw the bag and crawl under the fence and we're out in the cover of dark and we don't make it a thing, right? Because we're fearful of making it a thing. And then, and that's where people dwindle, dabble and dwindle, right? Mm -hmm. They dabble and then it just dwindles until it's nothing. Where, so this agent, back to this agent, um, basically said, I need some help. I I need, I want to, so we talked him off the initial ledge of throwing the bag over the fence, right? And basically said, okay, let's find this alliance partner. Let's find someone. And and the thing is, is an alliance partner is not a quick fix. It's not find the alliance person and then you're gone in six months. Yeah. Right. This is going to be a transition period. But at least what the alliance partner did for him is calmed him down, got him a little bit of a life right? Allowed him to take a trip and not have to be tied and tethered to his phone. And that align. And, and here's the the thing, these bigs are getting bigger and these really good agents that maybe have been in for a little bit of time, have some, some uh, experience under their belts. They're having a difficult time taking it to that next level. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is where getting tied in to our bigger agents who are working toward retirement gives this infusion into this up and coming agents yeah. business, right? So that's what we did. And we found um, someone who was obviously younger in the business, uh, but very similar backstory where they had grown up in the same town, which is a very small, very affluent community. Both of their parents had owned you know, uh, modest businesses in the town. So very well-respected families and they have come together and it's a perfect. So what it's done for this big producer is bought him some relief from the grind, given him the vision of what it could look like for him to transition out. And then it's been, we've been able to create the plan, right? All the while by this, I mean, could you imagine being this younger agent? And yeah. walking into that, where yeah. all of a sudden it's you have this pretty good book, but you want to take it to the next level. And now you're given this opportunity. So whether it's open house support, whether it's a portion of every transaction where um he is uh doing elements of the transaction that maybe aren't 
facing the consumer. All of those things are happening, right? Yep. Um, to get into, and again, to test drive. Sure. So an alliance, the other part about an alliance that I think is so good, it's like test driving before you buy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Dating before and you get married. <laughs> dating before you get married. Um, all those things. Mm-hmm. So it, um, the the thing with that, that I also have learned from a very prominent team in my market area um, was to have an exit plan on any kind of contract if it doesn't work, mm. right? So in an alliance, in a team partnership, whatever you're doing, if we don't make it across the finish line, if for some reason this retiring agent decides you guys have a dust up, yeah, right? That there's an exit strategy of it too, right? Where it's like, hey, okay, we're going to part our separate ways, but here's where things lie. Oh, right? smart. Yeah. So, so um, and and all of this is coming from a lot of great agents who have plans in place that I've learned from over the years and then helping give guidance to agents. That's, so, yeah. It's amazing. So I, I have one last question before we start to wrap up and that is um, the money. Like, so how does the money work? So we have everything in place. We've done everything right. We have our alliance. Do you actually like sell your book of business for a lump sum or is it like you take referral fees for the rest of time? Like, what are the financial arrangements on a transition like this? So I've seen it in all different ways. So all of the above. So I have seen very healthy businesses that check all of these boxes that I'm talking about, be able to say, okay, here's a lump sum. Um, and you're estimating the value of your business based on your earnings before interest and taxes and depreciation. EBITDA is the acronym. Um, If you look up and say, okay, well, what is traditional for a small business? It's, you know, three plus times earnings or EBITDA. Okay. But that can be a lot for anybody, right? And so, uh, and and some of that's going to also depend on the success that we're seeing and the commitment on the part of the agent to stay involved. Because this is not, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to leave. Unless, I mean, there's times that there's health crises that those things happen, right? Yes. Oftentimes, more often than not, that's the rare instance, to be honest, Christine. What we yes. see that is pretty rare because that takes an evaluation of a bigger business. What I see most often is that is a referral fee, right? And so it could start out where it's a pretty large referral fee. It's a 50-50, right? Where you're getting in the alliance, right? Mm -hmm. And you're working toward this and trying each other, you're test driving, right? Mm -hmm. And then that goes down over time until it's, you know, negligible. But- what the referral fee does is it gives that time for that agent to transition to retirement. Um, I have seen people say, okay, I am uh, going to be giving you a referral fee for the next 10 years, right? And then it's on that new agent who takes over to continue the marketing efforts, to continue the relationships really to continue the farming, to nurture those 
um, relationships. Um, the other piece of this, aside from money, is to make sure that the transition or inclusion from an alliance perspective happens to your consumers. So you look like you're coming in this together. Yes. So it's not just you see Nancy, the face of Nancy, and all of a sudden it's the face of Christine. Yeah. Right. And they're like, who's Christine? Yep. Right. There's a transition together, whether it's in marketing materials, whether it's actual introductions, whether it and it happens over time. Yes. To where they get used to Christine. Right. Yeah. It's like hanging around while the babysitter comes to yeah. get them super comfortable before you slip <laughs> out the side door. Right? And that's what this is. You're getting them. We're used to the new kid oh, until they're God. comfortable. Yeah. And then you exit. Yeah. Oh my God. This is so valuable. I cannot wait for our listeners to hear this because, um, and, and by the way, Serena was so lucky to have you. Um, oh yeah. I mean, thank you. They made me feel like that too. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Uh, okay. All right. So as we start to wrap up, tell me what are the three most important things you want people to walk away with today? The first and foremost is running your business like a business. Know your numbers. What is the percentage of your business coming out of your database? How successful is your farm? How much business is coming out of your farm, but also how much business it, that happens in your farm is yours. So that's number one. Um, number two is finding creating alliances and you can create alliances right now in your business, right? Yes. Everyone should be taking vacations. Everyone should be able to turn the phone off. You don't have to be a part of a team. You can do this while being an individual. So creating alliances is my, my next one. Um, and then really, really leaning into your database, right. And making sure that's dialed. Right. And not just, you know, scraps of paper or Excel. Your database is a list of relationships. Right. Yep. And relationships have to be nurtured. Right. And when you have that, that's when you have a business that can be saleable or transitions. Oh my God. So those things. Awesome. So, yeah. so, so, so good. Like the some of the best advice um, that I've heard in a while. Um, okay. Finish this sentence. No like trust is. No like trust is being professional, yeah. right? Yeah. No like trust is being professional in this business, right? Yeah. So that's what you are, right? That's that's the pinnacle of what you want to get to is people to know you, to like you, and to trust you. All the while being that's that's what professionalism is in our industry. It sure is. Yeah. How do people find you? Where can people find you? Um, uh, you can uh, visit the Serena website, sereno.com. Um, I'm Nancy Robinson at sereno.com for those that want to email me. Um, they can find me on Facebook. They can find, although there's other Nancy Robinsons in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, Instagram, I'm nanrob312. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So, but people, I, I, I have a passion for this and this is why I went into leadership. I loved selling. I did. Don't get me wrong, but doing this and giving agents thoughtful advice and, and then seeing their successes is what um, gets me 
excited and out of bed in the morning. Oh my God. Love it. Nancy, thank you so much for being here. And thank uh, you. It's, this has just been phenomenal. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much for listening to the No Like Trust for Real Estate podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care, everyone. Ciao.